It's Easter. You know, Easter is kind of a... I'm going to move that back a little bit so that I don't bump into it later. Easter and Christmas are, are, two of the, are, are two of the best days in the church, aren't they? You know, Christmas, we celebrate the virgin birth. God the Son is born into humanity. The virgin birth, the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. And then Easter. Not only did Jesus die for our sin, but he rose from the dead. The resurrection. Without Christmas and Easter, without his virgin birth and his resurrection from the dead, Christianity could not exist. There would be no Christian faith without those two essential things. And yet, while Christmas and Easter are a time of great joy, Easter is also the pastor's dilemma. What do I mean by that? Well, here you all are. <laughs> you look so nice this morning. And, and you've all come to church. And my problem is, you all know already what it is that I'm going to talk about this morning, don't you? So yeah, he's going to talk about that resurrection thing. He's going to talk about, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. We've heard that before. We'll hear it again. And it's, uh, you know, here you all are, are, are back and gathered today. And, 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 you know, some of you I haven't even seen for a while. But you're here this morning. And it's so nice to see you. Thank you for coming. We're, we're glad that you're here. But what will I say? Concerning that which we've already heard, we already know, we have known for some time about this thing that happened some long time ago. And whether we believe it or not, whether we believe it really happened or not, we've known about its happening or supposed to have happened for some time a long time ago. Well, what I want us to do this morning is I want us to try to back up in time. I want us to try to back up in time before Easter happened, all right? I want you to go to a place in your mind that is before Easter bunnies and colored eggs and Hallmark cards and florists and peeps and all of those things that seem to be so important about Easter. I want us to go back to before Easter happened. You say, well, how can I do that? I, I it has happened, or it seems to have happened. How can I go back to before Easter happened? Well, I want us to do that because I want us to think about this event from a different perspective, not from the perspective of what we already know has already happened some time long ago, but I want us to think about what if it were true. From the place of this has never happened before, I want us to think about what if Easter happened. What would that mean? What could that mean? What difference would it make if Easter really happened? All right? I invite you to turn in your uh, Bibles to Luke 24. And even while we're going there, there was a couple of other things that I meant, to, I meant to mention and didn't. And one of those, so I will interrupt our message just for a brief commercial, and that is there are these prayer guides in the back of the auditorium. If you came right in those middle doors there, you would have almost bumped right into them. They're on a table right, table right behind the last row of pews, and these will join with 30 other churches in Clark County who are praying for our community. They're praying for um, our, our, our whole county and, 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 and the different towns and communities of it and the people that are all around us. So if you would like to join us from Easter to Ascension Day to, to, to pray for our communities, I invite you to take one of these. Now, there's not enough for everybody. 
Now, some of you have a sacrificial spirit, and you'll say, well, I will leave my, I'll let somebody else have the one I was going to take. And so, so don't take them if you don't pray. But I hope you pray. And I hope I go back to that table later, and there's not any left, because everybody who could grabbed one before they were gone, and you're going to take that and pray for the people around us, all right? So take one of those prayer guides before you go this morning. I hope you also got a bulletin. We'll talk more about that later, just some of the other ministry opportunities that are there. But turning to Luke chapter 24. We read the first um, several verses of Luke chapter 24 already, and so if we were to go back to what if Easter happened, well, we go back to that morning. Now, he was, he was crucified. Jesus dies. It's almost the end of that Passover day. Uh, dusk is soon coming. The Sabbath is about to start, and so quickly they take his body and they place it in a borrowed tomb. And uh, they, 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 they close the tomb, they seal the tomb, guards are placed at the tomb, and they wait. And because it's the Sabbath, the, the next day, and it's a special Sabbath, the, the ladies, the women who had prepared spices and oils to properly anoint the body, one last honor given to Jesus before his decent burial. They can't do that on the Sabbath day, they must wait. And so they wait, and then very early on Sunday morning, they come to the tomb how will we open the tomb, they say, but the, but, but the stone has already been rolled away. And yet they find his body isn't there. They're told by angels that he's not here, he's risen. So they, they don't know what to make of all this. They rush and they tell the disciples. And the disciples, because it's, you know, it's, just, it's just these women that are saying these things, seems to be the culture of the day. They, they, they discount it mostly, but they say, what if? Well, what if Easter did happen? And so two of them, Peter and John, run out to the tomb the foot races on. They get there, and Peter looks around. He finds it just like the women had said. Yeah, it's open. There's no body. But he doesn't see Jesus. Surely if Jesus was ridden, risen, wouldn't he show himself now? Wouldn't he show himself to Peter at the time when he needs him most? Peter, Peter wonders, it says, about this. He wonders what really happened here. Did somebody just steal the body away? One last horrible hoax to, to deny him even an honorable burial. What if Easter happened? Peter goes home uncertain. The other disciples begin to scatter as well, and two of them, not of the twelve, but two others who were along with them, who had also believed, they begin journey back home. Somewhat discouraged, no doubt. Somewhat disillusioned, somewhat disappointed, they begin that long, slow journey from Jerusalem back to their home in Emmaus. They had hoped for much here, but now Jesus has been killed. The movement has come to a screeching halt, and so they go back to where life was, seemed like it was before, back to Emmaus. They're walking along that road. They're talking among themselves. What are they talking about? What are they saying? What's the tone? What's the mood? Well, that's where we come back into the story. Verse 13, that very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about all these things that had happened while they were talking and discussing together. Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So as they are walking along, and I, I, I take it they're probably walking somewhat slowly. One's mood affects one's pace, doesn't it? 
And yet, there's, there's another coming up behind them on the road, also coming from Jerusalem. And he's, he's, he's striding quickly. He's striding purposefully, determined to catch up with them and to come alongside. And as he comes alongside, he slows his pace, and he, and he, and he hears them talking. And at some point, after listening for a little while, he, he, he seeks to join the conversation. He asks, what is it, are you, what is it that you're talking about? as you're walking along. What are these things that you're talking about as he's heard bits and pieces? And they stop, turn. They stood still, it says in verse um, 17, looking sad. We get a glimpse into their mood. Sad, the word means gloomy, sorrowful, grieving. Are they depressed? Melancholy? They say to him, what do you mean? What are these things that we're talking about? Are you the only one in Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going on? Are you the only one in all of Jerusalem that hasn't heard what's been happening these last many days? I mean, it's all been out in the open. It's all been out in the clear. Jesus has this triumphal entry, and the multitudes cry out, Hosanna to the Son of David. This is the Christ. The moment of deliverance is at hand. He, he goes to the temple. He overturns everything. He turns the whole temple establishment upside down. He boldly confronts the rulers out in public. But later on, under cover of darkness, they come and arrest him. They drag him off to their own midnight sham trial. And then early in the morning, they bring him to the government. They bring him to Pilate. They hand him over to the Romans to be condemned and executed. And so it's decreed, he is not guilty, and yet he will be condemned. He will die. But not for anything that he has done. Haven't you heard? They say, with all the evil, with all that's wrong, with all the injustice that's gone on, it hasn't been right, it hasn't been just, it hasn't been fair. And yet, the rulers of the day seem to rule the day, and Jesus is killed. You see, they don't see Jesus they see him as the victim. They don't see him as the um, willing and determined Savior. They say, where is God in all of this? It's not right. It's not just. It's not fair. Evil triumphs over good. Maybe there is no God. Where is God in all of this? Have you ever felt like that? You see all the injustice all around us, all the unfairness, all the unrightness, and you say, where is God? If God were there, this should not be like this. And yet, where did this idea of justice, fairness, good over evil, this, this angst over rightness that, that, that wells up within us, where did that come from? If it didn't come from because we are made in the very image of God, who is the source of rightness, who is the source of justice. That very angst within you about all that is in the world that is not right is agreeing with the very God who made you. He said, don't you know? What if he does know? What if God does know all that is wrong? What if God does know all that is Right? What if there's more than meets the eye? What if this one's standing before him and they don't recognize him? They're, they're prevented from seeing who he really is, and yet, what if Easter happened? What if, what if nobody in Jerusalem knows what went on that day like this one standing before them knows? What if God really does know? 
In fact, what if God has, in fact, done something about it more than we realize? And so they go on. Are you the only one that doesn't? We're probably meant to smile at that point because we know something about the story that they don't know. We know this is Jesus. They don't yet realize that's who they're talking with. And so he innocently asks, well, what things? What things do you mean? And so they begin to describe. They said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. We thought he was a prophet, mighty in word and deed. But what if he is? If Easter did happen, then Jesus' words are true. If Easter did happen, if Jesus really is risen, then he is a mighty prophet, in, a prophet mighty in word, and his word is true. His words are true concerning himself, that he would rise on the third day, and his word is also true then concerning you. What was that word? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now that tells us not only is Jesus the only way, but it tells us that Jesus is an open way. That Jesus is the way by which sinful humanity can be brought back to God, can come into the Father's presence. What couldn't happen before can happen now because Jesus is the way. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Yeah. If that's true, if it's true about him, that it's true for you. He is, a, if, if Easter happened, then Jesus is a prophet mighty in word, and he's a prophet mighty in deed. What does that mean? Well, you know the things that he did, right? You've heard some of the things that he did. He, he the, um, the lame walk, the blind see, the, uh, the, um, the, the, those who are sick are healed, lepers are cleansed, the, the poor have the gospel preached to them, the outcast are embraced, the guilty are forgiven, and the dead are raised. But those deeds are not his greatest deeds. No, there's more. Because those, even that resurrection from the dead, Lazarus out of his tomb, Jairus' daughter off of her deathbed, the funeral procession of the only son of the widow, whose son is raised back up in order to be able to care for her and provide for her. Those, those were all raised only to die again. But Jesus is raised never to die again. Jesus says the one who believes in me will never die. That's even bigger. If Easter happened, that's even greater. Nothing like this has happened before. What if it's real? What if Easter happens? And so they say, we had hoped he was all these things. He was a prophet, mighty in word and deed. We heard him. We followed him. We went along. And yet the chief priests and the rulers delivered him up and condemned him to death and crucified him. Verse 21, but we had hoped, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And yet it's already the third day. We haven't seen anything. Sent some to the tomb. He wasn't there. If Jesus was going to be raised, and it's now the third day, well then, where is he? Why didn't he show up? Why didn't he show himself to us? You can't help but shake your heads a little bit, huh? You see, 
We had believed. We had hoped. We thought he was going to be the one. We thought he was going to be the one to wipe out both Roman oppression and religious corruption. And yet, the rulers of the day seem to have ruled the day. And we are left, as it says in Scripture, without hope and without God in the world. And so they go back to where life was before, which wasn't really fully life at all as life is intended to be, but we've got nothing else. So it seemed we had hoped, we had believed. Maybe you can identify with that. I believed for a while. I believed for a time. I, I thought maybe Jesus would be the one, and I followed along, and I went along with, and I, I listened to his promises, and, I, and I, I packed my own expectations into his promises, and I waited for God to do the things that I expected that he would do, and he did not. And the things that I hoped for did not occur. I didn't see it play out the way that I expected, and so I determined it must not be true. And so... We're going back to the only thing we knew before. The only thing we know out of our experience, back down that long and, shall I say, downhill road to Emmaus. Jesus, it's almost like he interrupts him at this point. He can't listen anymore. He can't, he can't let them continue in this spiral of hopelessness any longer. And Jesus cuts in. He, he, he interrupts them. His words are a little sharp here. He said to them, oh, foolish ones. Now, now Jesus, is that a little harsh? I mean, here you have men who are in despair and hopelessness and all that they'd hoped for, and they had followed him, and they had believed, and, and, and now he calls them foolish. They're grieving. They're mourning. They have lost their hope. Isn't foolish a little harsh? Well, it seems that way to us. It comes across as a little harsh, but what the word actually means, our connotation is a little bit different, but what the word in, 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 that's used here originally actually means is that they just don't see it yet. They just don't get it yet. It's not that they're imbeciles that they'll never be able to understand. It's that they just don't see things yet as they really are. But what if they did? What if Easter happened? You see, that would change everything for them. Jesus said, unseen, not understanding, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. What if it were true? What if they could believe? What if Easter happened? Now, some of you came this morning already convinced of that. Some of you came this morning unsure what this is all about. Some of you probably came this morning just going along with family because it's, it's, it's good to go along with family, but you're pretty sure all of this really didn't happen the way that it says that it did. But what if it did? What if Easter happened for you? What difference would it make? I, I, my, my desire, my hope is that before we leave here this morning, for, for any of us and for all of us here, we would be able to leave here this morning with Easter having happened. It really did. He's really risen. And what difference did that make? Before we go this morning, I'm, giving, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity also to join in to that what if Easter happened. 
He says, slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Wasn't it necessary? Didn't it have to be like this? What do I mean? We remember that idea of evil and good and injustice and, and, and it's not right, it's not fair. And why doesn't God do something about it? Well, all of that comes with us. All of this is what, he, what, what humanity is, and we see it all around us. We see what's wrong. We see it within us. What isn't right? It isn't just. And what is God going to do about it? We want God to do something about it. But what will, it, what, what will that be? For God to say, hey, it's okay. Let's just lay that aside. Ah, oh, let's just say it didn't happen. That would make the world yet in fact, all of God's universe, unjust. Justice demands that sin must be confronted. If rightness is going to rule, if righteousness is going to reign, if evil will be vanquished and good will prevail, and that will be our experience into eternity, that something has to be done. Ultimately, completely, with finality, something must be done about sin. Sin cannot be ignored. For justice to prevail, for justice to prevail, sin has to be confronted. And that's what God has done. That's what God has done here. God has confronted sin in the person of his own son. Didn't, didn't all of the scriptures, from Moses on to all of the prophets, didn't it all say that this had to happen, that he had to suffer and then enter into his glory? Go all the way back to Moses and the Passover. And the lamb that is shed and, and covered by the blood of that lamb, they are sheltered from the plague of, the, of, that, of that plague of death, and they're brought out of Egypt. And every sacrifice, every lamb, every bull, every sheep, every goat, every sacrifice of the Old Testament points to the same thing. An innocent one dies because of humanity's sin. Because of humanity's unrightness, because of humanity's injustice, sin must be paid. And an innocent one dies in their place. And yet that points to one who would come. Because animal sacrifices can't really deal with human sin. And so the Son of God becomes himself human. The Son of God becomes infinite human whose death is big enough to die for all of us. And the fact that he dies, though he is the righteous one, that he is just, that he is good, there is no fault. He dies with a decree against his name, not guilty. And yet he dies. Why does he die? How can he die? The soul that sins, it shall die. How is it that Jesus dies? You can't get to resurrection and Easter without death. That's why i got to start over here with death, okay? How is it that he dies? Why does he die? He dies because our sin is upon him. Our sin is upon him. The very fact that Jesus dies means that our sin was on him. He dies for our iniquity. As Isaiah says in, the, in, the, in his prophecy in Isaiah 53, for, for um, our, our, our sins, our iniquity, our transgressions are put upon him. He dies in our place. What then about resurrection? Resurrection, to come back from the dead, to rise from the dead, that death no longer holds him, means that his death had to be sufficient, that sin has now been removed. The only way that he can rise from the dead 
is because our sin has been completely paid for and completely dealt with. That's what it would mean if he really was risen. That's what it would mean if Easter really happened. His death means that our sin was on him, so his resurrection would have to mean that our sin, our guilt, has been put away. If we'll believe that. What would it mean if Easter happened? What had to happen that way? But isn't it interesting? When Jesus confronts their unbelief, when Jesus wants to get them to see, you would think, well, if I were there that day, if I were the one walking on the road, and if I had been with these guys over the course of three years, seeing what they saw, hearing what they heard, and that they still don't get it, I would approach that more of a, guys, come on, wake up, grab them by the shoulders, give them a good shake, come on, it's me, it's me, I'm risen, can't you see? Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't let, let them see that it's really him. Instead, he, he opens the book. He shows them here. Why is that? Doesn't that seem like the slow road for them to faith? No, no. He doesn't want it to be in their experience. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word. Jesus had already said during his ministry that let them hear Moses and the prophets. If people will not hear from God's word, if people will not hear Moses and the prophets, they won't even believe even if someone were to come back from the dead. Jesus doesn't want them to believe out of, a, out of an experience. Wow, we saw him. Jesus wants them to be able to look tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. How do I know this is true? Because this is what God has said. How could I know that Easter happened? I can know it happened. I can know it's true because Jesus is risen from the dead because God's word not only said it did happen, but even before that, hundreds of years before that, God's word said it would happen. It would happen and it did happen just as he said. And so, they drew near the village and they have their, their, the eyes of their understanding have been enlightened. The, the light bulbs have been going on. You know, it's like they're, they're going down the road there. And, it's, and, the, and, the, and the little light, you know, you see above somebody's head, it's just it's bright. It's, it's, the lights have been coming on and they're seen. And it's like, wow, this is wonderful. And so they arrive at Emmaus even before they knew it. And Jesus, there's still a little bit of, of, of daylight left. Jesus acts as, acts as if he's going to just continue, continue walking on, going further. They said, no, 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 man, stay with us. This has been great. Stay with us. And, you know, it's kind of late in the day. You know, it's about time for supper. Let's get a bite to eat. Let's talk more. So said, oh, okay. So they go in, they sit down, and the, the, uh, the, food is, the food is set before them, and Jesus takes the bread, and he breaks it, and he blesses it, and, and, he, and, he, and he hands it to each of them, and it's if they hear him say, this is my body given for you. And it says that he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. That at that moment, their eyes opened and they saw him. The one who has been explaining us, the one who has been opening God's word to us is Jesus himself. It really is true. Easter has really happened and they see him for the first time. Now they recognize him. Jesus is risen. Here he is. And he vanishes before their eyes. And they blink, you know, it's been a long day, they've been out in the hot sun, uh, they shake their, did any of this really happen? How will they know? How could they know? W was this their imagination, or 
was this really true? Well, they can go back to those same scriptures that Jesus went through with them line by line, and they can go back. No, no, no. God said it. God said it. God said it. God said it. It is true. Easter really happened. It had to happen because God said it would happen. God has set their faith now, not in in experience, but God has set their faith in his word. It's made clear in verses 30 and 31, or 31 and 32. Let me look and double check for you. Verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to him, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scripture? Their eyes were opened while he opened to us the scripture. Now, I don't know if when he reached out and gave to them that bread that they thought of the bread of life. I don't know if when he reached out and gave to them that bread, perhaps they saw the nail prints right there in his hands. Yet I do know that Luke has set his story for us, that we would connect the opening of their eyes with Jesus opening the word of God, that from there they would see that it's true, that it's real, that Jesus really is risen from the dead, that Jesus really happened. What would it mean for Easter to happen for you? What happened for these two in Luke 24? In a moment, they understand. In a moment, they believe. Everything becomes clear, and it changes everything. So, in verse 33, they rose that same hour, and they returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. And they told him what had happened on the road and how he was known to them and the breaking of the bread. And they're talking about these things. And Jesus again appears in their midst and says, Shalom. Peace. When they knew, they were on the road to Emmaus. They were going home. They were going back to life as it was before. And now everything has changed. Easter really happened. Well, what if Easter really happened? What difference does that make? For them, it made everything. Now they see things as they really are. Now they see things in a whole new light, even if it's getting dark. And, and they know that there are disciples back in Jerusalem that are still, still in mourning and in grief. And for those back in Jerusalem, they don't know that Jesus has risen because Jesus has been out here on the road with them. And so we got to go back and tell them. When you see that Easter really happened, man, you got to tell somebody. Well, it's getting late. It's going to be dark soon. We've got seven miles back to go. Can we get there? Is, is it safe to be on the road at night? Oh, no, my, Jesus is risen. We're not worried about who's on the road. Jesus is risen. We're not worried about the darkness beginning to fall. When you are on mission with the true and living God, there is nothing to fear. Christian, what are you afraid of? Who are you afraid to tell that Easter really happened if Jesus really is risen, if Easter really happened? The Lord is my light. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom will I be afraid? If Easter indeed really happened, there is nothing to fear. Put on your Facebook this afternoon. What if Easter happened? See if somebody comments. What do you mean, what if Easter happened? 
Maybe they're convinced it did. Maybe they don't think it did. But, but from there, you can start a conversation. And whether, whether, whether some of your other friends chime in or not, all of your friends hopefully will see that feed unless they've already, you just don't know it yet, but they've already tick, um, crossed you off their, their list on their feed long ago. That probably happens to me a lot. But, but it, everybody will see the conversation. What if Easter happened? Tomorrow you go back to work. Hey, how was your weekend? Oh, man, that was great. You know, in church on Sunday, the, the, the pastor was talking about what if Easter happened? No, 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 the pastor was supposed to talk about Easter did happen. What do you mean the pastor talked about what if Easter happened? And off we go. Just, just throw, throw the bait out there and just see if anybody bites. Take a chance. You see, we're afraid for some reason to take a chance. We're afraid in an, in an age of opposition and antagonism to, to the truth of Jesus, we're afraid to speak up. These two ran all the way back. You see, if Easter really happened, that's a game changer. It changes everything. What if? What if Easter really happened? If Easter really happened, it happened that day. It happened for those who were not expecting it. What if Easter happened for you? Well, if Easter happened, then like the two on the road, your sense of hopelessness in a world and rulers out of control can fade like the morning fog when the light of God's presence breaks through. God is yet at work, even if you don't see it. God is working. His kingdom will come. His will will be done. Now there is hope where before there was only despair. How can this ever work out? But now there is hope if Easter has really happened. If Easter happened, then like those two, even in great loss, your soul can still soar in hope at the truth of God's promise. What if the death of my loved one is actually, while they're separated now from me, it's actually their transition into the very presence of the living God? That's what happens if Easter happens. In the midst of my loss, in the midst of my grief, there I have that hope that they are forever with the Lord. That's what happens if Easter happens. It changes everything. Life till now may have dragged on in defeat, battered by circumstances, out of our control, and yet if Easter happens for you, you can turn and run in a new direction like these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. You turn and now go in a new direction. You have a new purpose and a new energy that you never had before. Sharing the hope of Jesus has given you with others. A really risen and living Savior is someone worth living for. This is something worth grabbing hold of. And finally, most importantly, if Easter happens, then you can be like Peter. You see, when they ran back and they told the disciples, they found out, well, <laughs> Jesus had been there too. He's been busy that Sunday. In fact, apparently he was probably with Peter not long after Peter left the tomb. Before he catches up to these two on the road to Emmaus, he's with Peter, and he shows himself to Peter. And he extends to Peter, so dejected, so despairing because of his personal denial of Jesus. And Peter is forgiven. And Peter is restored. What if Easter really happened? What if Easter happened for you? And what if you also, with Peter, knew and experienced God's personal forgiveness? You can experience that restoration of relationship with God. Sure, God has his plans and his purposes beyond us and beyond our understanding, beyond what we would imagine or, or, or think of. 
But better than all of that is God's personal embrace of you, that there need nothing be between you and the Savior. You may have come here this morning like those two, walking the road to Emmaus. Disappointed by life, hopes not realized, discouraged, disillusioned. Maybe it could be said of you, without hope and without God in the world. But what if Easter happened? Well, maybe life has seemed pretty good, but somewhere inside you've known there must be something more. Things are not as they should be. There must be something that you must believe in. What if Easter happened? I want to give you that opportunity that before you leave this morning, before we leave this place together, I want to give you the opportunity to leave the same way the Lord Jesus left those two with their spiritual eyes opened. Seeing the risen Savior with hope in their hearts, joy in their step, and God's own promises on their lips. Are you willing to accept God's gift of His forgiveness, full and free in the risen Jesus? Are you willing to believe that God would save you, would rescue you from your guilt? Simply, there's nothing that we can do, but simply because I believe, I am willing to receive and trust that God has done it for me in Jesus Christ. Are you willing to believe that? If you are, then I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I invite you to pray along with me. I'm going to pray and pause, and in, and in those pauses, sometimes we don't know how to pray, so you can s echo the same kind of thing in your own heart. You can repeat the same words that I use, but I invite you to step into this opportunity. What if Easter happened? Make my prayer your prayer. And then our Savior will also be your Savior. Our Easter will be your Easter. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you because you have said that we can. Lord, I come believing in Jesus, your Son. I don't understand it all, but I believe that Jesus died in my place for me. I believe that because he died in my place, then that you can forgive and receive me because of Jesus. I believe that Jesus is raised from the dead that shows that I can be accepted in him, that my guilt is all forgiven. God, I trust your word and your promise that the one who believes in Jesus will have eternal life. I take you at your word. I claim your promise. I believe that Jesus died for me and rose again. I thank you, God, for eternal life in Jesus. Amen. In just a 
moment, we're going to receive this morning's offering. The choir will be coming back up, and they're going to be bigger than ever. See, that's what happens when Easter happens. Look how the choir will have grown. But as we receive this morning's offering, I, I, I want to uh, just say a word to our guests. Here this morning, the, the, the offering is received from the, from the members, regular attenders here at Brush Prairie Baptist. If you're our guest this morning, don't feel like you need to put something there. Pay the preacher so he'll be done. You don't have to do that. We, we, we value your participation with us, and we want this service to be our gift to you. We, we would ask, perhaps, so one, one thing that maybe we could do for you is there's a, there's a communication card that was in your bulletin. We invite you to just put your name on that. Let us know you were here. And if there's something that we can be praying for you, if there's some way that we as a church could serve you, if you would just jot that on that card, and then uh, you can put that in the offering as it goes by. If you haven't finished writing on that before, before um, the offering comes by you, then you can also give it to one of the ushers. There's a box in the foyer on your way out this morning. But let us know that you were here. Let us know how we can serve you. And if by chance you, you um, were here this morning, you joined me in that prayer that this is the morning that for you Easter happened, that I invite you during one of these closing songs, would you come on maybe up over to the side over here? There'll be some of our leaders present. I'll be, I'll be over here for a little while as well. We would love to talk with you, celebrate with you, pray with you about stepping into that new life in Christ. Maybe, maybe... Maybe you're here, you have a guest with you. Maybe you're seated next to somebody here. Just lean over and whisper to them. Would you like to go forward and pray with somebody? I'll go with you. Go along with them. Make that, make that offer. But let's not leave this morning without knowing that Easter really happened, and it happened for me. Now, just a word of thanks for the offering as we receive it. Father, thank you for providing for us. Lord, you have provided all in Jesus Christ for us. We thank you for that. Lord, receive these gifts back that you might use them, Lord, to share this wonderful news of Jesus, our risen Savior, with all, with all who could know him and believe. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>